everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paul Daner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. Jay, what's going on? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, this is we, – we've got the combine behind us. And we've got all this free agency stuff and the draft coming up. But we, this is – I love March. This is my – as a fan, you, you take the reporter hat off just – the, like the one time a year just to get to be a fan. I love March Madness Conference tournaments start this week. Um, a nice little distraction to uh, all the Bengals craziness. It is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is absolutely crazy. I had I had somebody I had somebody and I, I will go unnamed. Somebody who really understands what's going on send me a YouTube clip that was just the clip. Of Will Farrell, I believe, from Zoolander, just screaming, Am I taking crazy pills? Is no one listening to anything that's going on? <laughs> so, like, it's just what, what it is like to watch, uh, the outsiders attempt to see, pretend that they have any understanding of what's happening with the Bengals right now has been, quite frankly, exhausting. Zoolander is on the list, the, the what in the hell is wrong with Jay list of, of the movies I've never seen. I know that's weird. Everybody has seen that movie, but I have not seen that one. <laughs> it's, it's quite good. Uh, it's, it, I will say, I mean, it's, I'm not going to call it overrated. I do think it, it, the cult classicness of it, um, has been maybe a little bit more than I would give it credit for, but it is, it is certainly a quality movie and that is a blind spot for you, uh, that, that you should regret. Um, but it, it, I mean, where, where we're at with Bengal stuff right now is just hilarious. We've we got a lot to do. I, I'm going to just kind of run through and try to shed some real light on what the, has actually been happening and on things that people are trying to pretend is news. So that means we'll be talking about AJ Green. We'll be talking about Cordy Glenn. Uh, I do want to talk about the linebacker market, and we need to talk about the Andy Dalton market uh, and piggyback a little bit on the quarterback conversation that I wrote about um, on Friday, which had a, a lot of, you know, sort of behind-the-scenes stuff on what's going on with the Bengals at quarterback um, and their plans going forward, not just with Joe Burrow, but with the guys behind him, and then what's going to happen with, with this Dalton trade. Uh, we've got some run-passer boots associated with those. Uh, so a lot, a lot to get to. Let's just, let's just start with what you probably have seen in the news. And if you read or listen here, you probably heard it and thought, oh, wait, I, I knew this months ago. Uh, and you know why that is, Jay? Why? Because we wrote about it months ago. <laughs> I knew. I just wanted to hear you say it. I wanted to see how mad you were going to get. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying. No, I'm going to try to stay. I'm going to stay calm, Jay. Okay. Like, I feel that I have been getting too angry about things lately. And I've been working on some breathing techniques. <laughs> and I'm going to try to utilize those as we go through here. So if you just hear me stop talking out of nowhere and just start breathing heavily into the microphone, know that I'm just trying to calm myself and using my new techniques. Is it going to be yoga music okay. in the background? I, I may need that. We, we may, that, that could be, I'm just doing namaste in the corner. Just, <laughs> um, uh, let's, well, okay. To, to pra let's, let's start here. I'm gonna, AJ Green. Okay. Apparently it's news. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Apparently it's news that the Bengals are planning to franchise tag AJ Green. According to multiple reports, right? It took two people apparently to confirm this. Um, I think I first wrote that in October. I have to go back. I think it was around the trading deadline. Yeah. When there was the, when AJ was saying, I don't want to be franchised. I hate the franchise tag. And I had sort of a confirmation that the Bengals will use the franchise tag. And then I went back and double checked, uh, my end of season thing. And it literally says the franchise tag will come is the first line. <laughs> <laughs> and I, how many times have we written and tweeted and discussed AJ green on this show? I mean, that would be a good Bengals growler bet. Cause I don't think anybody could possibly, I mean, it's been so much. Well, I mean, we not just wrote it, but we, we talked to AJ about it as if it was fact that it was coming. And when was that like early December? 
when yeah, and he was, treated it as fact. Yeah, when he you know he said he doesn't like it, but he would play on it, and he would not do the OTAs. It's I mean it's just it's all been hanging there for months, and I don't know. I guess maybe some of these people figure that you know they're addressing a bigger audience, and that maybe the 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 people outside of Cincinnati didn't realize, but you, still to say to throw it out there as, you know, sources and breaking news when it's not, it's, it's been reported. Um, I get kind of making a local story more broad and more national, but it's nothing new. And, and people that read the athletic know that it's nothing new. Yeah. And, and you know, the only thing that can make it new ish is, you know, officially breaking off of talks, which is what's happening right now. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that before they place the franchise tag on you, one last shot, hey, let's revisit long-term deal. No. The real deadline on this is July 15th, and that is when we'll find out if AJ could – because, I mean, they haven't hid the fact – I mean, at every turn basically said he's going to be playing for us this year. Like th- – Zach Taylor, Dick Tobin, Mobile, Indy, here. That, that has, I mean, it could not have been a more, uh, uniform message from those who are running things inside the Bengals, uh, publicly and privately. AJ Green is gonna play for them this year. The only question is whether it will be on a long-term deal or on the franchise tag. That's the only question in their minds. And that will come down to whether they can knock something out by July 15th. And if they can't, it'll be one year, $18 million, that A.J. Green said he will play on. He will, uh, again, that means I, I don't I don't think you will see him at OTAs. Or maybe he shows up and doesn't participate. My guess is he probably just doesn't show up. Um, and I, what will happen during training camp, I don't know. Um, if you sign him to a long-term deal... He'll be here, but you know, at a certain point, um, he he needs to get ready for a season and and, and does need to participate. Uh, that's that's where that that's where it stands. That's where it has stood. That's where it's going to be. You can argue whether you agree with it or not, and we have. Uh, but that's the basic facts of what's going to happen. And it just it it doesn't feel. Like a long-term deal is going to happen, and not not just. I mean, regardless of where they stand right now, it's just. And you've talked about this that the Bengals need to see AJ to know where he's at health-wise, and AJ kind of wants them to to do this on more on blind faith and, and past production, and it it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like it. There's going to be a meeting point on, on these two philosophies that that he's going to play the year on the franchise tag, and you just wonder whether you know how far he's going to put the offense behind. Um, how much obviously he's going to sit out OTAs. He said he would do that. How much of training camp he's going to miss, and, and how far that's going to throw everything behind when you've got a rookie quarterback, um, a second year offense, uh, one that AJ's never played in. It, it, it's just. There's there's a lot a lot of bad I think that can come from this even if he he plays for the team in in 2020. The only thing I found peculiar that has popped up over the last couple of months is some of the Bengals people kind of doubting whether AJ will actually pass on OTAs or not show mm-hmm. up, and me just being like, well, he said he would. <laughs> like, and there's a lot of like, well, I don't know. Well, he hasn't said that. I think Dutoba said, well, he hasn't said that to me. I, I don't remember if that was in Mobile or if that was in Indy. Um, and, and I've gotten that sense that there's sort of a, well, we'll see about that. Um, I believe AJ. I, and like we see players not participate all the time. Again, I think I'd be happy with him showing up if he, even if he's not going to participate. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be the case, but anyway, to, to sort of, Try to bring some focus when you you know you see it on the bottom line scroll of what does this mean? What is happening? Right, and and again, and we've talked about the value of potentially trying to trade AJ Green or whatever um, as a tag and trade, which would still will be an option. I mean, 
if you tag him and you don't get a deal on July 15th, you still have the ability to trade that guy anytime, at any time, on that franchise tag. We saw that happen with Javon Clowney last year, right almost right before the opener, and the Bengals had to go to Seattle. Suddenly they had Clowney across from him. Um, that's that's part of it. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case because they have never made that part of the case. And and oh by the way, apparently Joe Burrow demanded that the Bengals do this. <laughs> of course he did. He, of course he did. He has that kind of clout. <laughs> We're just gonna just gonna breathe. Working on my breathing techniques. Uh, apparently, it became a thought that Joe Burrow told the Bengals that they needed to keep AJ Green. Two things. One, he did. When he was asked about AJ Green by someone during the press conference where he said a million things about how he wants to play, he doesn't have a problem playing for the Bengals. Right? I mean, he said, yeah, if I get picked number one and I go to the Bengals, I'd love to throw to AJ Green. Yeah. Jarring statement right. there, by the way. Um, and to act like Joe Burrow saying that or even potentially saying that in a meeting with them, Somehow, like, made this happen. This franchise tag thing is gotta be the most fabricated, made up of all the things that we've seen. And that is saying something considering what we've been through. <laughs> this has been the plan since day one, since all the way back, since the whole trading deadline fiasco. This has been the case that they would franchise tag him. And he was going to play this year. Or potentially they could trade him down the line. If they wanted to. But they've always wanted him. I could see I Joe saying, you know, like, kind of a joke. At the end of the meeting, kind of flip, you know, flippantly saying something like, hey, if you guys draft me, you better sign AJ. Just to kind of, like I, I, last week, I, on last week's pod, I talked about how, how the icebreaker would happen. I, I could see something light like that coming up. But it's it's ridiculous to think that he would put any kind of demands on a team that hasn't picked him yet. Um, that any rookie would do that. I mean, nobody nobody coming into this league ever has that kind of clout. Well, and it's fine. And he, even if you think maybe he did, he literally said he would never do that. He 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 literally said that in his thing on the podium last week. Mm-hmm. It was the whole, uh, you know, I. A, a rookie can't do that. Maybe if you're a veteran, maybe at some point when I'm a veteran, I'll have some say in personnel decisions, but I can't do that as a rookie. I just need to show up and, and do my best to help the team win. That's what he said. Yes. It's like no one wants to believe anything this dude says. And they just want it to be something else over and over and over again. All right. There's going to be a Joe Burrow edition of Rosetta Stone where they – Translate everything he says and what it what it really means. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's amazing. Uh, so, all right, let's move on. Uh, Cordy Glenn, back in the news, right? Uh, I I never I always forget he's still around, like <laughs> that he's a thing because he's been so forgotten and discarded and so clearly not a part of their plans. We what was that we were talking to to Brian Callahan. And he was kind of going through the list of players on the offensive line and how it can shake out. And he didn't mention Cordy Glenn. And someone was like, you forgot Cordy Glenn. And it was like, yeah, we all forget Cordy Glenn. <laughs> like, everyone forgets that this dude like, – he's not coming back. They're not paying him $9 million, obviously. They're out there right now doing what you would expect them to do, what we said they would do. Any Anybody, anybody want some of this Cordy Glenn I got for $9 million? Anybody want a piece of that? I, I couldn't help but tweet out the like uh, the picture of the woman with like some sort of spoiled milk pulling it out of the fridge, staring at the camera <laughs> with it. And a picture of like my version of like what the Bengals look like trying to trying to sell Cordy Glenn in his nine million dollar contract right now. And you know what though, the market for tackles it's so bad out there that. Maybe they could get some if, – if somebody was willing to take on his $9 million and pay him to come pass block for $9 million, maybe somebody will. Maybe somebody will offer up a late-round pick or something like that. 
more power to them if they do. But the Bengals aren't going to be paying a dime of that nine mil. They don't want to pay a dime of his past nine mil. <laughs> they were trying to find a way out of that. At one point, it looked like it was going to undeniably end in a grievance. Yeah, I mean, the only reason he even played last year, they had they literally had no other choice. They they had to bring him back after the suspension and stick him in there. Um, you, so you said they don't want to pay a dime of that nine million. You do think if if they could work some sort of trade, they they would be willing to eat some of that nine million just to get him off the books, get a pick, not yeah, get him off the books, get him out of the building, and get some sort of pick for him. Where most likely it's going to end with them just cutting him and getting nothing. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you'd essentially be buying a buying a pick. I mean, we've seen yeah. that, that's something more popular across other leagues. We saw the whole controversy over the Brock Osweiler Browns deal um, a couple of years ago, which is it amounted to buying a second round pick for Brock Osweiler's massive contract. You could, I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think if you think that you can get a four, you're basically buying a four for a couple of million dollars for Cordy Glenn. Uh, I, I think you would do it. I, I, I would certainly be interested in something like that. That's what it amounts to. Um, you know, if someone asked me, and, and I think it's, I do think it is important to answer this. Someone asked me yesterday, I, 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 they said, you know, I just want to understand why Cordy Glenn's considered not a tradable piece. And, you know, when you when you look at the full thing, you now look at basically two teams he's played for, he's essentially quit on, stole money from. Uh, his What he can offer in the run game is nil. He can pass block. He, he can be a pass blocking left tackle, and that has some value. But you have to pay him $9 million to do that. And it's just... I, I don't know that there is a team out there, and maybe there is, willing to pay $9 million for somebody who's just going to be blah out there and can maybe pass blocks on. And maybe there is. Like, may, there may be. Um, but the reputation is so sullied right now that that's a tough, <laughs> that's a tough sell. It's a, it's a tough sell for anybody. Everybody thinks they can. They can change a guy or fix a guy or, you know, the new whole new scenery thing. But you're right. This is, this has happened now twice. This isn't just coming off of one sour relationship. This is two. There's a pattern here. And I I do think it's kind of pie in the sky to think you're going to get anything of any value for him. And he's, he's 31. Yeah. Like he's, this is not some 26 year old you're trying to rejuvenate. He's 31. He's hanging on. He's had a ton of injury. Like, you know, the idea of paying $9 million for that is and giving up something to do it. When when you know, that, and the kicker on it is you know they're just going to release him anyway and you can get him for a, a much more reasonable figure. That's really what this is about, too. Yeah, you might have to fight for him as opposed to just landing him by buying him, basically. But yeah, I mean, how, what kind of fight do you have to put up to get Cordy Glenn? Like, it ain't gonna be that big of a fight if you really want him. Yeah, uh, it's just when you when you know he's gonna be out there and you can try to bring him over anyway. I mean, and if you lose that fight, are you really out? Like, yeah, <laughs> does that really hurt you? <laughs> so I, I just, you know, there's just too, there's so much against it. It's it's seemed inevitable. That they would just release him uh, whenever they is the last possible second that they don't get a deal. Um, and the idea of them getting a deal is fairly remote. All right, well, let's keep going down the list. So far, no blowups. I feel like yeah. the breathing technique is working. You're doing Jay. well. I think it's I think it's working. Let's talk about the Andy Dalton trade market. Um, I wrote on Friday, uh, sort of. A compilation of all the things heard in Indy that revolved around the Bengals quarterback room. We talked about some of this last week. Um, you know, they're, they're not looking to bring in a veteran, um, to back up Joe Burrow and they're going to stick with Finley and Dolagala, let them battle it out and what that looks like exactly 
you know, maybe Dolagala wins the job, maybe not. I mean, I think with the expanded rosters, you have a better chance of keeping three quarterbacks. Hell, some teams will probably keep four. Just talk about developmental guys. So, I, you know, that writing is on the wall. The, but the other part of that, beyond drafting Joe Burrow and him being the clear starter day one, no doubt, that's in the books. Is So so what do they get for Andy Dalton? And, you know, Lindsey Jones, uh, who works for us, The Athletic, had a piece about the Tom Brady domino and the quarterback market that will follow. And in it said that, look, I think there could be a second or third round pick. A GM told her, I think Andy Dalton could fetch a second or third round pick. That was a, a pretty big number. Um, as far as what that market looks like and who those players are, I mean, we do know that the Bengals and Bears have had conversations. Now, how fruitful they have been, I don't know, but they've they've talked, right? And then there's we knew New England would be in the mix probably if Brady leaves. Then the the new team that has come up in conversations has been Indianapolis. I think there's been sort of a weird assumption that Philip Rivers might end up back there, uh, because of the connection with Frank Reich and they need the quarterback and they can win now. He makes a ton of sense there, obviously. Um, but if he doesn't go, if, if Rivers doesn't end up in Indy, Dalton makes a lot of sense to them. So you've got three teams. You know, two two is enough to keep it from, you know, needing, being worrying about having to just let him go because you don't want to eat that money. And then the, that can really drive the price up. And it's just probably, that's probably where you end up saying, ah, he could get a two or a three. A couple of teams start trying to top of each other. That's where, that's where you end up. It's it's interesting to see what's developed now. It is. I I didn't think there was any chance. Like when we saw that report, it's like a, a two. Are, are you kidding me? There's. It just didn't. It just sounded so far fetched. But it, if it comes to a, a bidding war, um, yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it all depends on what happens with Brady and and how things shake out, and then where Philip Rivers goes. I he's. I don't know if I can't – I don't know if I can see him in Indianapolis. I can see Andy there. He would be a perfect fit there because that, that is a solid roster and he would be the perfect, you know, bridge guy. One year, uh, let them get a, a quarterback of the future. Uh, I think any of those spots uh, would play into what we've talked about with the Duke saying that the Bengals are going to do right by Andy. Um, Chicago to a lesser extent because he, he's going to have to fight for a job there as opposed to basically being handed it, which would be the case in New England or, or Indy. But you, you wonder, I mean, you, you say do right by him. I, mean, it, I don't know if Andy Andy would balk at, you know, going to a team with a quality roster and having a shot to, to be a starting quarterback. I mean, who's going to want to say, no, I don't want to compete. I, I just want the job. So I, I I don't think Andy would balk at Chicago, and I obviously haven't talked to him. I don't know that, but it, it seems like any three of those would would be something that that he would sign off on. Um, the the thing is that the Bears don't have much capital, and what I was wondering about, what, you know, obviously the the Bengals are going to be looking to get as high a pick as possible for Andy. Would they be willing to to kick that can down the road, so to speak, and, and make it a 2021 pick as opposed to 2020? Because really, we've talked about 2021 is when the the window real the window of opportunity really opens. You know, you, you get Joe Burrow, and this year start building around him. Uh, nobody's expecting this to suddenly morph into a playoff team in 2020. But if they can find some footing, find some success, start building things, then then you have to think. You know, maybe that would be a possibility in 2021. And if you can get uh, an extra high pick, um, sure, they'd like to have it in 2020. But if you can push that down the road to 2021, where the Bears would have more available to offer, uh, do you think that's something the Bengals would consider? It's a great question. I would, because I, you know, I do think you have to have some perspective on when your windows, where your windows are. Right. I don't think they look at things like that. I mean, they very much just try to go year to year and find out how they can win this year. You know, we, if there's anything, if there's yeah. anything we learned from last season, 
it was that they view everything kind of in a one-year portal. Like, they just want to win games that are in front of them and worry about, you know, reasonably worry about the rest when the rest shows up. Now, the if you were talking a significant difference, like if you were only going to get a four from any of those teams and Chicago offers you a 2021 two, yeah, you know, then I think there's a very real chance that you do that. But I don't know if the difference is minimal, if there's a one round or a half round difference or something with a, with a, you know, a pick swap, then I don't know that they would, that they would want to do it. I do, I, I do think it would have to probably be like a round and a half difference in order to pull that off. But, you know, if you're offering me a 2020 third round pick, I'm just doing it. Yeah. I'm just doing it. I just there's just too much you can do there. Um you know, you can you had another pick in the top 100. I mean, you're just there's just a, there's just a lot that you can do with that. And you know, we'll we'll see where it ends up. I I if I were Andy Dalton, I certainly would not have any problem with going to Chicago and reuniting with Bill Lazor. I just would I not I, I. How many times I, I'd like to go back while we're going back and checking on the first time we told you AJ Green was going to franchise tag. I like to go back to the first time I said that all I keep seeing every time I watch Ryan Tannehill is is twenty twenty Andy Dalton because mm-hmm. it just felt like that was the situation where he would end up in, and that is exactly what Chicago is. Exactly what Chicago, Chicago is trading for someone to come in and be Ryan Tannehill sitting there watching. Except now. Mitch Trubisky and everybody in the building knows that that's Ryan Tannehill sitting there watching, whereas before he was like a hope and a dream, you know. And so it, to really apply the pressure on Mitch Trubisky and give him a month and see where he's at, and if he doesn't play well, then it's Dalton time. And if I'm Andy Dalton, I'm okay with that because guess what? I'm still collecting my 17 mil, and I know he wants to play, and – and all that, but he's more than likely probably going to get a chance to play or or feel like he's competing and collect all the $17 million because if he gets released, if he were to get released somewhere, then there, you know, I don't know that he's going to end up that high. He's, I, I seriously doubt it. So this is, a, and I get wanting to play because he feels like he just needs one year to play to earn that next contract. Um, and I totally get that. Um, and so maybe there's, if I were him, maybe they're not at the top of my list compared to Indian New England, but I don't, I wouldn't have a problem because you know Bill Lazor believes in you and you know Bill Lazor knows what you can do and you won't feel like you're on the outs with the coaching staff. That's important if you're going to be yeah. in that role, in, in the, in the Tannehill role, you better know that those coaches will believe in you. Another wrinkle that, that I thought would be interesting looking at the, the 2021 issue, we, you know, we like to gamble, um, the Bengals don't, they're conservative by nature, but what if the Bear, what if they made that a conditional draft pick for Andy Dalton? Would, would the Bengals believe in, in him enough to, you know, if you could, if he takes him to the playoffs, you get a first rounder out of it. Or, you know, there you go. Some, you know, if, if he starts all 16 games, you get a second round, you know, you, you put those little qualifiers in there. I mean, I, I don't know that the Bengals would do that, but I would. I mean, I think that would be, like I said, a really good situation for him. Chicago's not they they're not that far away. They 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 didn't have a great year last year, but they were in the playoffs the year before. They've got a good defense. They've got a great defense. Um, they've got pieces they can put around Andy Dalton. Um, I, I would be willing to roll the dice on, on something like that, where possibly if he goes there and shines, it's a win win. If he goes there and leads them back to the playoffs, and you get a, a high draft pick, and he maybe parlays that into a, a long term deal there in Chicago, both sides come out ahead. But yeah, the <laughs> I can't, I don't know that the Bengals would do that. They're so conservative by nature. But I, I do. I, it just intrigues me whether whether the whole twenty twenty one draft pick would be in play as opposed to a twenty twenty. In the Carson Palmer trade, they had a conditional to the next year attached to it, mm-hmm. but they also were getting a one that year. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of other times they've traded for future picks, and that one I don't really count because they were getting a current pick too. It was just more of an add-on. Um, I'd have to go back and really think about that, but I, I have a hard time thinking about them trading for future picks very often. Um 
Maybe Jay's got stats on that. I don't know. We'll have to see. As soon as we get uh, done here, I will check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Next week's episode. All right. We'd like to pause for just a brief minute to ask you, our faithful Hear That Podcast ground listeners, to click into the show notes for today's episode and follow the link. Uh, there's a very short survey there. You all know so much about us. You you know about Jay being a juvenile delinquent with a beautiful mullet from his days and working all kinds of tricks on the antiques cars at Kings Island. But look, we don't know anything about you. So this survey is 11 super simple questions and you take you sub 60 seconds, I promise. So head to the show notes for today's episode and click the link. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get back to the football talk. We, we've talked about their free agency focus probably being on the defensive side of the ball. I really want to hone in on this linebacker market, which kind of had a little bit added to the conversation when the Browns broke off conversations with uh, Joe Joe Schobert. And they said they're, they're not going over $10 million. And, and that is what I had heard, too, that Schobert's people were looking for him to be first wave, trying to end up in that Quan Alexander C.J. Mosley range up into the, you know, the the 12, 14, 15 million per year where the Bengals weren't willing to go last year for Quan Alexander. Um, and to think that they would do that for Joe Schobert, um, let's just, I, I don't know. I mean, that's really interesting. The Browns backing off, you'd think that they would want to stay interested, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people that you look at the value. What 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 is Joe Schobert's real value in a non-free agent market? Yeah, he's you know he's probably he's probably that eight to nine. I would say that eight to nine. What like Jordan Hicks got last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys like that, flawed but solid. The idea of going up into the thirteens for Joe Schobert. Uh, I can tell you is not sitting well in in the front offices. <laughs> I can tell you that much, especially this one. Well, that's what. I, well, yeah, that's the one I'm referring to. Oh, I thought you said front offices. Maybe. I thought you had multiple. Well, teams I mean, or... you Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland too. Exactly. Obviously, Cleveland doesn't sit well with them. They don't. They don't view him as worth that. Um, it's it's a tough one, man, and I think it's a real test where. You know, where are you willing to go, and how much do you like Joe Schobert to the point that you would be. If they really like Joe Schobert, and, you know, there's a lot to like. He, he fits them at a position of need. He's, you know, solid character, leader, guy, great in coverage, three downs, maybe a little bit of a liability in the run game, but that, that's part of the, you know, you're not he's not perfect. Um, misses some tackles. But, you know, solid, can play three downs, has had a, a good year type guy. Are you willing? Is is this the, is he the, te- the the test case of the Bengals kind of claiming they're going to be a little more aggressive in free agency and get involved? Is he the test case of that of them actually extending themselves beyond where they're comfortable, or is it going another direction? Is it going to Nick Kwiatkowski or to Blake Martinez or somebody else further down the line and finding somebody of a little bit better value there? I don't know, but I, I find it really interesting to see where they land and if they are willing to extend themselves for somebody like Schobert. I don't think they would be. I don't think they should be, honestly. I, I don't think he's that guy. I don't. He's not Quan Alexander. And this isn't a matter of lesson learned from last year and missing out on Quan Alexander. It, it's more of a philosophy that they're, they're going to stick to. Um, I, I do think they need to get one, at least, maybe two, linebackers in free agency but I wouldn't I wouldn't spend that kind of money that that linebacker would be a spot where I I think we've talked about you wait you wait for the second wave and you get a little bit of value and now I don't know where Kwiatkowski where if you consider him a first round guy or a first wave or second wave guy because once once Joe Schobert goes off the board he's gonna be one of the the top targets Um, not gonna command the kind of money that Joe does but I, I don't know I just I don't I don't see Schobert as that that guy, that that super fast sideline to sideline guy that that's worth pumping that kind of money into, especially when they're sitting there at thirty three and you can get 
it, albeit unproven, but you can you, they're going to be able to get one of the top linebackers in this draft if they want them at 33. I I, I just think you, you let somebody else take the chance on on Joe Schobert and and settle into that that second wave and and find somebody there. Kwiatkowski, Blake Martinez, like you mentioned, um, someone that's about as good, but not not going to cost. 10 million, 13 million, somewhere in that range. I mean, there's people that will tell you that they maybe have Kwiatkowski above Schobert as far as value. And, you know, if you, he hasn't played as many snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if, if, even if you go to PFF grade, they have him at higher grades in the seasons that he's played some snaps. I mean, he played like 500 of his, his snap counts, uh, in front of me here. And you, I did have him in front of me. You you look, he had about 500 uh, last year, you know, half a season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a, a higher grade than you saw for Joe Schober. I mean, uh, he has shown potential and doesn't have as much, you know, a, a wear on him. He hasn't played as much. But when he has played, he's played really well. And I think that's something you can bet on. And that is the type of area that makes sense and a fit for the Bengals, who they would maybe – overpay for a guy like that by what his maybe his value is but you're still you're not setting the market you know you're not you're not out there spending 13 million on the linebacker but you're getting somebody who is maybe pretty good and maybe has potential to be better and overpaying his value a little bit to get him to come to you and that's why somebody like that I think makes some sense too um yeah because it's but, not about you don't relative- know. I was going to say it's a relativity thing, too, because Schobert was part of those god-awful 1-15, 0-16 teams where they didn't have anybody, and that's that's why he got all those snaps so early, whereas Kwiatkowski was part of a really good defense, and he, he had to play behind some guys until he got a chance. So it's, it, it kind of works in your favor in both regards. That you know, Maybe he is better than what he's been able to show and the wear and tear piece. Um, he, he, he could be not only the cheaper option, but the better option. Could be. And and, and still young. You know, he's 26. Um, so you're getting a guy in his prime, which is so much of what this needs to be about, and then just finding younger guys and trading them out for older guys. And, you know, I – again, I've sort of been saying this, and, and, and I always feel the need to put a disclaimer out. Like, please don't pin me against the wall. If this doesn't go, because I, I very much, I'm like you, believe it when I see it. Yeah. But you just continue to hear about how this is going to feel and look different free agent wise for the Bengals. And there will be a little more aggression and maybe they will be a little bit involved even on that first wave, that top tier second wave, maybe the bottom of that first wave. And that makes you think that they could get involved with some of these guys that are more names. And maybe overextend themselves a little bit if they feel like they have to for the right guy. For the right guy. And that's kind of what it's about. Do they think Joe Schobert is the right guy? I don't know. <laughs> if Cleveland's, you know, when the team that had him is like, ah, <laughs> you know what? I don't think you're, you're not worth that, even to us. Um, it probably tells you all you need to know, but. Who am I? Who am I to judge? Um, let's talk a little bit about the cornerback market, which we have sort of pinpointed this spot as I, I would I would say their number one priority in free agency, and where I am most interested to see where they land. Um. Because there's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of options. Um, quality players. You know, I think you're going to be looking for somebody who comes in. He can be a leader and can play in the slot and then kick outside. So you're basically he's a three down. He's out there every down, but when there's three DBs out there, he's, he's playing in the slot probably. Um, and you can use somebody you draft, Darius Phillips, whatever. Give you a little bit more flexibility. Of course, you have... B.W. Webb is a backup in the slot at that point, which is probably where he should be at this time in his career, what we think we saw last year. I I am really intrigued to see 
how aggressive they go with that position. Like, are they the type of team to try to get involved with Chris Harris? And would Chris Harris even take a call from the 513? <laughs> I don't know. It, the, the thing about cornerback is so many of the top guys are on the wrong side of 30. And, and so yeah. how, where do you factor that part of it in? Um, you know, SpotRack does the, uh, the, they have got a new thing now where they've got a market value and they kind of give you an idea of what they think these guys are going to command. And, you know, Chris Harris is in that 11 million a year range. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Bengals would be willing to pay that for a guy that, what is he, 31? I mean, the, the one that we've talked about is Logan Ryan. He's one of the top ones that's still, he's a 29, but that's still, you know, most of these other guys, 30, 31, 32. Um, another intriguing one, Jimmy Smith. I mean, he's, Jeff Zrebeck wrote about this. He covers the Ravens for the Athletic about how Jimmy Smith is, you know, if he, if he were to go back to the Ravens, he's probably their number four cornerback. That he's, mm-hmm. he's probably going to go somewhere where he, he's going to have a chance to play and, and, would that be a guy that the Bengals would consider again? He's he's up there. I think he's 32, 31 or thirty two. But it's it, the linebackers. A lot of the top ones, Schobert, Kwiatkowski, both twenty six. They're they're in that range. These are guys getting their first dip into free agency, and it just seems like so many of the the cornerbacks are, are going for their 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 second time around in free agency. And I, I just think that's a position. You're better at you're better off going younger at, but they don't have they don't have the draft capital to do that the way they have in the past, where they've they've just really kind of that's that's one position where they have kind of always looked ahead and planned ahead, and uh, they they have not done that lightly, and now that's why the position they're in the position that they're in. Um, I don't know, Chris Harris would be intriguing. Um, that would be the aggressive play. Yes, I mean. And convincing him to come here, and, and his last year is interesting. Um, you know, I, I talked to some of our Denver people, and, and they were, you know, he kind of wanted to play the outside corner a little more, did for the whole year, and he didn't play as well. Uh, but he's still a great slot corner and can play like a, a pretty good outside, but not nearly the top elite guy um, that he is in the slot. And to me, <laughs> like that fits exactly what you're looking for you can now have a great slot guy who pops outside when you need him without much problem in, in those scenarios um you know so for the 20 25 percent of plays where you're in base with only two corners out there you have chris harris on the outside but for the other 75 percent of the time he's out there playing a position that he's absolutely great at and that's a ton of that's a ton of value in that a ton of value you know, and then in that in that scenario, Darius Phillips is playing. You know, he's he's playing a lot, but he's you're not forcing him to play all the time. You're still easing him in. A guy that's had some problems, or who knows, you maybe he's in competition with the guy in the draft. But hey, I, I want to see more of Darius Phillips, so I don't have a problem with him playing an expanded role. A dude who had four picks in a hundred snaps, I want to see more of that guy. Like, you know, he could be a dude, and so I, I am. I don't know. To me, that's the aggressive play. At Logan Ryan is the very solid, still aggressive, but solid play. He maybe brings you, you know, if by all accounts, Chris Harris, super leader in Denver. You're just, you're going to end up in a bidding more there. And that's going to be the hard part. Um, and where you just don't think to see them hanging around. And he's going to have to choose you over another team also offering a lot of money. That's the hard part. You know, it's, it's just, that's tough. Logan Ryan probably makes more sense. And then you get into some other guys, you know, your Trey Waynes, you know, who knows where the rest of this goes. I mean, there's other guys, Jimmy Smith, you mentioned. I mean, you can go in those directions, but I, I, if there's a position where they're going to, going to make themselves uncomfortable uh, and go a little further, I think that would be the one. And then you'd see the, the release of Drake or Patrick and it, it almost ends up a one for one swap. There, it, it just, it, it does working in the Bengals' favor. It, it feels like there's a lot more quality uh, corners on the market than there are linebackers. So that that does play into their advantage. Um, I was just looking through the list right now. I mean, the the youngest guy on here, uh, Ronald Darby from the Eagles, it's 26. All these other top guys are 28 or older. Um, Bradley Roby's the 28, and then most of these guys are plus 30. 
Um, it, what you mentioned is, is probably right where you're going to have to overpay to get one of these guys, especially like an exp- a, 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 a aggressive play like Chris Harris. And that's just something the Bengals historically aren't willing to do and may not in this situation either because there are so many free agent corners out there. But I, I think the two that we pointed out were whatever this linebacker and this cornerback and then throw in the, you know, defensive tackle and where they go there because uh, there's a lot of guys out there, I think are sort of those turning points in where you can judge what has made what could potentially make their aggression this year different than in past years where you can see that difference maybe a little overextending themselves in one of those couple of spots um let's drop in a couple run passer boots about some things that we just talked about and get out of here um run passer boot andy dalton ends up in indianapolis new england or chicago uh, I will run with Chicago for the reasons we already talked about. It, it just makes so much sense. Um, I'll, I'll pass on the Patriots. I think they're still in play, especially with the history between the, the Bengals and, and the Patriots and making these trades. Um, and I'll boot Indy. Um, it does make sense, but it would be fun because – of of those three teams, the Colts were the only one the Bengals play this year, so that would make a very interesting week one game um, if the schedule makers went that direction. But um, I, I still think that's the least likely. I'll, I'll run with Bears, I'll pass on the Patriots, and I'll boot the Colts. I'm going to run with New England. I, I don't think Tom Brady's going back there, and I, and I don't, I don't know why. I just I just don't. You just hear it from enough people that you that you really trust in that situation. And if that's the case, I just – he just makes too much sense there. And the history of these teams trading with each other, even despite the, you know, cheating (laughs) animosity (laughs) that stemmed from it, um, it just – it makes sense. New England has capital in the middle of the draft. Um, I'm going to pass on Chicago. I I think – you know, Laser could maybe get something done, not him specifically, but his presence and his work with Andy in the past could help that push them over the edge in, in that. And then Indy, I'm going to boot only because I think Rivers to Indy is the most likely thing of anything we're evaluating here. And, but if he doesn't, definitely, you know, I would, uh, if, if, if Rivers signed, announced tomorrow he plans on going to Tampa Bay, uh, I would move Indy to the top of the list. Um, Okay, run past or boot, uh, Schobert, Kwiatkowski, or Martinez? Um, I will go Kwiatkowski, run with him. Uh, I, I love the connection there with John Thornton. Not that that's going to have any legs, but I just, uh, I'm rooting for a story there. Um, I think he is a better <laughs> fit. <laughs> um, I'll pass on Martinez. Um, I, I, he's a little, I don't, he's a little inconsistent. Um, I'm gonna. I think he, I think Schobert would be a better option than Martinez, but I just think the the amount that Schobert's going to be asking for, I don't think the Bengals can have any interest in paying that. So I'll boot him. I'll boot Schobert. Yeah, I think I'll do the same. Actually, um, it just you're right. I mean, the I I just don't, and maybe they do, and maybe they do. I I'm, I'm but I'm gonna boot. I'm gonna boot Schobert. Um, I'll say Kwiatkowski number one as well. Um, all right, one last one. We didn't really talk about this, but we'll drop it in here for fun. Uh, second round pick position, linebacker, O line, or corner. Of those three, obviously, obviously it could be others, but we'll just throw those three in there. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know how much stock people put in in mock drafts. I, I like to see them. You know, not so much who goes where, but but how many of each position go and it for a while there I mean early on we talked about two linebackers in the first round and then a big drop off and then for a while you were seeing a lot of mocks that had four or five linebackers in the first round uh Daniel Daniel Jeremiah who was really good and really plugged in uh the one he posted today he only had three linebackers in the first round um if that's the way it goes I just think need marries up with with quality guys there that you could get at 33 um I would run with linebacker 
and I'll, I'll pass on wide receiver. And now what? And now I got sidetracked. What was the third one? Corner? No, it's linebacker, O line, and corner. Oh, we so I don't have even wide, get receiver wide receiver in there. Jeez. Okay. Um, man, I don't like either of those in the second round, corner or offensive line. Um, I guess just for need's sake, I would go corner um, as my pass, and I'll boot O line. Um, I think that's a third or a fourth round pick uh, later. I, I don't see him getting a guy in the second round, an offensive lineman. I'm I'm running with O line because really? yeah I don't think that they're gonna address it as much in free agency and I think you can get a guard slash tackle at 33 that would be a real quality player potential star who could potentially be your tackle of the future become a real badass guard immediately get into that mix. And get you young, young and explosive in there in the run game. I, I, I like that idea there. Um, and again, that sets you up to potentially go offense, offense, offense the first three. But I think if you spend a lot of your de- your free agency period focused on defense, um, it, you can do that. Uh, so I have O line first, and then I'll do pass on linebacker and, and boot corner. So we'll yeah, I just I. I I, I get the idea of offense, offense, offense. If you go heavy in in uh, free agency on defense, but I just I, I have a hard time seeing them do that. It's it's kind of hard. To, I, I wonder that could be another Jay's got stats. How many teams have gone offense, offense, offense um, in the draft the last few years? I don't think it happened. You've, already, you've given yourself so much work already today, Jay. That's all you've right. Got, you've got you have a full day now. I need I need some to do. <laughs> All right. That sounds great. Uh, well, that'll wrap us up. Uh, we'll be back, uh, next week as we get closer to free agency right around the corner of a new league year, uh, March 18th. Uh, but in the days leading up to that, we'll have all kinds of action going on. So we're almost there. People will continue to preview all that and everything else going on. So thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time on here at Podcast Ground.